Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Pursuit from Bourbon to Brand. However you found us, we're so glad that you're here as we get a behind-the-scenes look at the Pursuit Spirits brand. I am your host, Brian Bikey, and joining me, we have the dynamic duo, Ryan and Kenny, back. Back together. Oh, man, I'm so lost without him. It feels like if we're we're separated, we're truly not, though, because we're always talking, or that we have some of those uh, telekinesis sort of thoughts. each other's... ESP, maybe? <laughs> Something like that. Did we really do back-to-back episodes? Is it, so it's been a while since it was just us, right? Or was there one uh, of all three of us in between? Uh, I think there was about a month. There was about a break in there. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think there was one in between, but that doesn't matter. No oh, yeah, cares. yeah. We talked about uh, we talked about how much you love water because it's wet. That's right. <laughs> it's, 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 it's so wet. That's right. <laughs> Moist. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Don't want to go there. Uh, yeah, I already had. I, I filled my Glenn Karen to the top tonight, so it'll be a fun one. I saw that. You had a rough Monday? Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what. You know, as we've been talking about it, I started talking everything we're doing. I've been doing some some manual labor in the warehouse. And i tell you what. I just haven't worked out in a while, and I did this. I worked for a solid eight hours on Sunday replacing ceiling tiles. And, man, I just haven't done hard labor in a while so it felt good to do it now my body's aching trying to adjust, but, but part of me wants to like keep doing it like i don't want to i don't want to stop but now there's all these emails that get piled up if i don't do it so sundays are gonna be the new get s shit done at the, i was gonna say get s get shit done at the work at the warehouse i'll be watching football no I'm yeah kidding. <laughs> oh it's getting close it's getting so close it is why don't we start this i'd be curious to uh to start this up with some uh upcoming travel itinerary what's the calendar looking like for for pursuit over the next a uh, little bit for any of our listeners if they don't uh follow us on the feeds well thank you for for bringing that up yeah we got some few things coming up for myself uh this will be coming out afterwards but i'll be traveling a little bit for going to columbus and stuff but i believe that's already done however i will be in vegas on october uh, sorry, on August 23rd, actually going to be at the ADI Expo. More importantly, honestly, I'll be there for my actual job, but the ADI Expo also happens to be the same exact week that I'm there for my actual job. So I am taking the morning booth shift and then I'll go to the afternoon and go check out ADI. So by the way, shout out to folks over at ADI. They, they said, hey, I didn't heard you were going to come. Uh, love to have you be a part of our other show that we're producing called The Voices of Distilling. So I'm going to be recording an episode over there as well. And then for everything. Do you know that, anything about distilling? I do not. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a voices of like people who think they know how to distill. They've heard everybody talk about distilling. So maybe at some point they, you know, they've, they've leached like one or two things off of. I'll start. I'll throw out like esters and congeners and just see if somebody says something. If all is fails, just say, I'll see you at Hakkasan later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll have a table at Omnia for us. Of course, we've got some other things that are happening for our ambassadors. So I know on August 26th, there is the Denver Whiskey Festival. There is also the Chicago Whiskey Festival. And then on August 26th, it's also the Columbus uh, great bourbon affair in Columbus, Ohio. So if you are in any of those cities, all on that day happening on Saturday, August 26th. That's my I'll, birthday. Oh, August 26th? August 26th. Dang, Happy 32. Oh, I wish. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> my body Third. might not be hurting as much right now. That's right. I'll be in Denver September 1st. I'll be with the 5280 Club. So that'll be a private, private event. And then obviously we have Bourbon Fest and... 
got St. Louis Bourbon Festival early October. Bourbon and Banks the day after. Bourbon and Banks, and then gonna do something at South Hall in Franklin, Tennessee, October twenty seventh, twenty eighth. Probably way too far in advance, but anyways, playing a bunch of stuff right now. You got a for lot the fall and winter. <laughs> you guys got to keep track of us on the socials, or you're gonna miss everything. True. That's right. Follow us everywhere. Can you get a chance to to taste the newest uh, batch of Pursuit United uh, bourbon? I have. I have. Ryan think? was so gracious enough just to leave me a sample at the warehouse, and I got to give my nod of approval, which I love. It's 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 got a it's a very reminiscent of Seven CC, but just a little bit more vanilla forward, a little bit more. I would say medium bodied, you know, full bodied is probably not all the way there, but it's definitely uh, more medium bodied all, all the way. I'm, not to say the light, the last one was light bodied, but uh, a little bit toned down on the spiciness level, but a little bit more of that vanilla character that is pulling forward out of there. But I am really looking forward to trying all the other batches here really soon of Oak Collection as well as the rye. And actually, I think I tried the rye too. You left me a sample of that. Yeah, you? we did the rye. Yeah. You were and, like, ooh, this is fruity. I was like, I know. I love it. Mm-hmm. Very Another fruity. Home run, man. I think it's different than 7CC. I think it's definitely more creamy, more vanilla, a lot more oak. It's not as big, bold, and spicy. I just had 7CC. I was at Martini's here in Louisville, and they had it. And now I'm drinking the newest batch, and I'm like, yeah, this is a lot more creamier, oakier, uh, vanilla forward. So, yeah, I'm excited to just see what people think. We'll just stay on this plateau if we can, and hopefully people start joining us on the edge of the cliff with us. Yeah, this isn't exactly the the topic we're getting into tonight, but I feel like I see that we're in a period where we're like gaining some momentum. I think there's a lot of people chattering outside of just the normal circle of stuff I'm seeing chatter. Are you guys seeing the same with that or does it just feel like same old, same old, it's not enough? Like where are you guys at with that right now? I definitely think there's some momentum. You know, we're getting a lot more people tagging us, sharing us on social media, like putting us out there saying we love what Pursuit Spirit's doing. I definitely feel the momentum. Of course, we always feel like it's never enough because we're always striving for, you know, perfection and wanting like everything to happen now. But it just takes a long time to build a brand. You know, we've we've been fortunate with the Burn Pursuit podcast to have this platform and a audience that gave us a great start. But still, we're just trying to, you know, I had this conversation with someone else. We're still just trying to break through. We have the whiskey geeks. We're still trying to like appeal to them and not think that we're just sourcing whiskey and whatnot. But also, too, you're just trying to appeal to that person that doesn't buy maybe five, six bottles a year, but they buy like 10 bottles, not a year, sorry, five, six bottles a month. But someone that maybe buys five to 10 bottles a year, you know, they love like Woodford Double Oaked or, you know, they might just go veer off, you know, just getting like Knob Creek or a basic, you know, old Forester, and so you're you're, you're trying to like capture that that mind share, and so that but that's very difficult. So it just takes a long time to build a brand like that, and I guess probably two years in, two and a half years into this, so we're on the right track. It just obviously you always want it sooner than later, but we're on the right track. I feel good about the direction we're going. I concur. I, I think that as Ryan's always said to me and. In person is nothing's an overnight success. When you look at all the famous brands out there, they went through 10 to 15 years of just hardcore growth and and just and really just kind of scraping by for a lot of it. But yeah, I, I think the, the, the tide is shifting just a little bit. We're seeing a little bit more chatter that's happening out there. At the same exact time, always hats off to our ambassadors. That has been a, a huge thank you to, to be able to get 
bottles and more hands of people that are out there. And that's just, it's just how, that's how a revolution, that's how it all starts. I mean, people have to try it. They got to share it. And it's you know, one person that tries it, tells three people, that person tells three people and so on and so forth. And it just makes sure that it, it makes us know that we have a good product. And if that product continues the momentum that it's going, then we'll be in a really good position. I would say if I could think of like the worst possible case scenario is that we just sell out so much that we can't keep up with it in a few years, then that would be the best worst case that could ever happen. But I'm I'm really looking forward to the future and what we're able to build and making sure that we can have a good balance and strike that uh, because the the thing that we don't want to, and I know people are going to hate me saying this, is like, I don't want to be in all 50 states. It's going to be very, very difficult to do that. But uh, there is definitely a roadmap on what we can do and making sure that we create a really good experience for people that are able to get their hands in the bottles. And not to say that we want to make it some unicorn that you have to chase. We're always going to be working with our other third-party partners, such as Blake over at Sealbox, to make sure that he can get it to a lot of the states that we're not in across the shelves. So we want to make sure that we make something that's accessible and really good, which I did see that somebody posted that on Instagram this past week. They said, I'm going to do five days of really good accessible bottles. And the first day was, of course, Pursuit United. So I feel we're we're making making some good headway. Yeah. And we have this unique opportunity with our awesome Patreon community. And like you said, the ambassadors, Discord, all this. It's, we can be... One of the first, like, you know, we're different from any other bourbon brand. We don't have this legacy. We don't have corporate dollars behind us. It's going to be one of the first, like, community-built brands. And I think that's exciting for us, but also our community. And we're, you know, going to talk about this in this episode. But we're just going to have ways to, like, involve our community, build our community, and, like, really have them and us just keep building on what we've built over the last I don't know what we 2015 2015 so, so eight, eight years, years yeah <laughs> we're really excited about the trajectory and where we're going it's it's been a hard 18 months I think really hard Kenny and I've grinded like none other it's been and it feels some days it feels like you're getting like nowhere <laughs> you're just spinning your tires but over the last month or two, I feel like we're starting to get some positive traction and we just got to keep building on that so as you alluded to yeah tonight's topic. We are going to be talking about the future. Uh, and what I want to talk about is the most recent press cycle that went out where it was announced that Pursuit Spirits is coming to downtown Louisville. Yeah, Ryan's got loose lips. <laughs> I do. Always. <laughs> I, I can't contain anything. I'm always Boomers I'm impulsive. Tea. Yeah, it, this has definitely been something that's been in the works for, for quite some time. I'll, I'll kind of give my first impressions on, on how this all happened. And we'll, we'll get into more about really what we're building. And, and as Ryan said, we're super excited. It's going to be something that as, as a community that's well built around, we want to make this a home for a lot of people and a home for us. I mean, there's just a lot of cool things that we can do with it. But this all started because we needed a warehouse. We needed some place to have a DSP so we don't have to pay the big boy tax of federal excise credits. If you've heard me tell this story, I apologize. I'm going to tell it one more time to make sure that we have it in perpetuity on this podcast. When we were going through, by the way, so we bottle and blend over a Bar Sound Bourbon Company. We love them, still love them to death. Still, we're not going to stop our relationship or anything like that. However, 
Here's the, and lies the problem, is that when you are with a Bardstown bourbon company or with a strong spirits, or you're with somebody that's large enough that has to report on record, they do something over 100,000 proof gallons per year, well, you end up paying a tax of $13.25 per proof gallon. That's what you call the big boy tax. So we are getting taxed that, the same exact at Bardstown, the same exact as Jim Beam, the same exact as uh, Heaven Hill. All the big boys, we pay the same exact tax, even though we are doing a very tiny, minuscule, you know, very minuscule amount, right? Well, there is the Craft Beverage uh, Reform Act, which is, it's all available on Google. Go check it out. It's in the TTB. But what it says is that if you are a producer and you do less than 100,000 proof gallons per year, well, yet 1325 goes down to $2.75 per proof gallon. So when I did the math, I did our projections out for the next 10 years. And I looked at Ryan, I was like, if we keep going down this path, we're going to be paying the federal government close to $900,000 a year in federal excise tax. It's like, we can't do this. So that got us on an idea that says, okay, well, we need to find a warehouse so we can get our DSP and we can do some, we can do all of our blending. We can do some bottling and everything like that. And we don't have to, and we'll be plenty under that 100,000 proof gallons. We don't have to be distillers. We can be rectifiers as long as we blend and process whatever quote unquote processing is then we can stay under that 100,000 proof gallons. Well, I ended up finding a, a warehouse that was on River Road. Uh, Bro Brothers, if you don't know about them, they're getting ready to take over that spot in downtown Lul or in, on River Road. But I had originally found that and I sent a message to Ryan. I was like, Ryan, do you know anybody that's in commercial real estate that we can call? Because I don't want to, apologies to all the realtors out there. It's just like, as soon as I pick up the phone and call a realtor, or one of these commercial real estate people, like they're going to be on my ass for the next three years, always bugging me every single week saying either they found something or what can we do to help you out? And and so I was just like, do you know anybody? He goes, yeah, I think I know somebody. So he calls his friend and his friend happens to tell him, he goes, hey, I ended up closing on this property yesterday. You should come down and check it, check on it. I think you'll be really good fit for it. So we go downtown. It was at 722 West Main Street. As Brian had hinted to earlier, it's the old Boomer's Canteen. And we're walking around looking at this old restaurant. Everything is a complete gut job. But I'm looking at it and I'm going, man, this looks really expensive for a warehouse. And I was just like, I don't really know about this. And at that point, that's when Ryan's friend, by the way, we'll just refer to his name's Lee. Uh, he's in all the press releases, Lee Whalen of Core 502 Real Estate. And he kind of told the bigger story is like, no, think about it. Like, this is where your your gift shop and your experiences and your bar and everything like that. And you all have this floor. You have the basement. We'll have the top three floors. We'll turn them into Airbnbs. And I was looking at it. I was just like, I don't know, Ryan. I don't know if I want to deal with the general public on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, I, I, wouldn't it just be easier just to sell our whiskey and put it on the shelf and, you know, have our little warehouse over here and have some people come around? And, and at first, it, you know, it, it seemed like the, the logical thing to do, but thankfully we have a lot of good friends in the industry. So we started reaching out to our friends over at Peerless and Old Forester and Evan Williams Bourbon Experience and just kind of get a an understanding of like, what kind of visitor traffic do you typically see? And once we learned that, we started reconfiguring the projections and knowing that under Kentucky law, we don't have to go through distributor. We can go direct to consumer 
and we can take all that margin back, things really kind of turned around. I was like, well, this makes a ton more sense. Plus, our original projections was that we would be able to go to bourbon full time in 2028. And this took us down to at least two or three years earlier in a 25 or 26. And I was just like, yeah, this this definitely makes sense. Plus, we have a way that, you know, it'd be a home that people can come. I, I feel that with what we're doing and what we have, it's a story that's unlike anything else that's around there. I mean, how often do you look at a podcast that's doing this? As we Ryan said before, it's not generations of lineage. It's not big money that came into this. It's, it's just pure passion. And we want to make sure that that resonates with people. Now, don't get me wrong. When you come and see us, I'm not going to say we're going to be as nice and as polished as Old Forester or Michter's or anything like that. But hopefully you root for the startup and we can give you a more, I would call it authentic, raw kind of experience. And it's not going to be something that it feels like it's, like I said, very polished. Um, but instead, it is going to be something where you get to act like you get to kind of see what it's like to kind of be in the industry. Because if you go to a lot of these places, nothing's raw or polished. It's, it's their factories at the end of the day. And so when you come into ours, it's, it's going to be minimalistic. It's cause that's kind of our design. If you see the United bottle, you sort of know our, and our budget. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. be one chair. <laughs> yeah. Hipsters always say they want to be minimalist. like, yeah, cause you're broke. Yeah. <laughs> There's no elevator. It's a dumb waiter. You got to pull yourself down. Yeah. Uh, no, but I mean, that's definitely the thing. Like, oh, this is not going to be like over the top budget where you're going to see like crazy stuff. I mean, this is something that it's, it's built out of pure passion. And is and for anybody that's been listening to this, they know that Ryan and I still own 100% of this company uh, as to this moment. And all the banknotes and everything with the millions of dollars in debt that we've talked about are in our name. And so we're adding more debt in our name. And it's just one of those things that we know that we know what we can get away with. We know it's going to make a cool experience. Uh, and we're not going to we're not going to shortcut anything. So don't think I'm saying that just to know that, you know, this is going to be a, a more I don't know what the right word is, uh, what I'm trying to look for here. But it is definitely just not going to say it's, it's not going to be extravagant. Is the, is the best way to say it. Like, it's just going to be you know, a very contemporary kind of feel, minimalistic, but it's just not going to be something that's going to be over the top. It's going to fit our personalities. We're not, you know, we're not Michters. We're not, you know, I love Watch Hill proper, but that's not us. Like, if you came in and it's leather-bound couches and looks like a bourbon R house catalog, you know, that's, that's not Kenny and I. It's not, you know, so we're trying to figure out that style that, does represent who we are and what the podcast represents and what our brand represents. And not that we're antagonistic of the existing bourbon brands out there, but we are a new, we're the new generation of bourbon drinkers. We're the new bourbon generation of bourbon brands. We're not this old, rich, white guy, like stuffy, uh, very serious. We have fun. You know, we're serious about what's in the bottle, but we're not aristocrats by any means. You know, I'm... I'm a redneck and a peasant. I know Kenny's wearing Viore right now, but so it kind of <laughs> nobody goes see that. <laughs> no one can see that. But he by just, the way, it was free, so let's not <laughs> let's not not change the subject here. You know, when Lee presented this property, and you know, I, I went and looked at. I kind of went and looked at before Kenny, and I said, "Kenny, you gotta come see this." And then he was like, "Ah, oh, this is kind of overkill." And I was like, "Yeah, you're probably right." And 
like my first call was like, you know, I'm going to call Bardstown Bourbon Company. Maybe this is a good space for them. (laughs) And, you know, and then they end up looking at it, but it just wasn't going to work out with their timeline. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, Kenny, I think this is what we need to like catapult us to where we can break past just because there's so many tourists, not just from the bourbon trails perspective, but there's just a ton of conferences. There's sporting events, concerts, conventions, this and that. And like all the, you know, distill, everyone here has been so supportive of us and really excited about what we're doing. And, you know, they were willing to give us information and whatnot. And they're like, we would love to have you all here because we're, we want to send people because we don't, we sell out a lot of times and we have nowhere to send them. And so we're like, well, we'll gladly take your rejects, you know, we'll (laughs) We'll take the scraps. (laughs) And I think it's cool too, for the podcast, not just from the brand for the podcast, we, we can be very, it can bring us back to our roots and we can be very industry inclusive. We can invite them down to the space. Their fans can come to our space, see them, whatnot. You know, we'll probably get into the details of the space here soon, but you know, as the more as we talked about this, it just made sense. And it's going to be a Herculean effort. There's a lot of money being spent. It's uh, it's kind of overwhelming sometimes when you think about it. But, you know, whatever. We're already $8 million on the hook. What's another couple? So <laughs> <laughs> um, it's – but it, I, I'm really excited about it. I think this is – we can truly have a unique – you know, and not to take away from anyone on the Bourbon Trail or anything, they've done such a wonderful job of of highlighting Kentucky, highlighting Kentucky bourbon. But I think we just have an opportunity to do something new and unique because they're 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 there's what we're gonna create is there there's just nothing like that out there. So I want to hear more about I'm gonna break this down to two things, so don't get ahead of yourselves. I I have a feeling that there are challenges. Again, this has been in the works for a long time. I want to hear some of the the hurdles that we've had to go through to get up into this point here. And then let's separate that out. And here in a little bit, I want to bring up uh, the challenges moving forward. So let's let's not think about future and 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 like this point forward. Let's talk about you know, as exciting as this is, I don't want to diminish that and the opportunity and coming here. And if we in this too, you know, we can mention challenges because of what we're trying to do with the building, the experiences, whatever. But I'd be curious just to hear a little bit about the some of the challenges leading up to this point for getting the building set up, for getting a brand like yourselves into a building like that. I mean, one thing that just pops on top of my, my mind, I don't know if you all would get into it or not, I'll start with it, I guess, is, you know, Coming out of the pandemic, we've seen a lot of businesses straying out of downtown, but now we're starting to see more bourbon brands coming downtown. And I'm just curious, because like from an outsider perspective, outside of Louisville, they may not know the difference. For somebody who's in Louisville, it seems, hey, that's kind of strange. You know, you got some businesses leaving, you got some businesses coming in, but a different type of business at a different type of hour maybe so i'd be curious to hear some of that maybe from you all if that's been a challenge so far or like what you know it led you all to believe this is a direction that's going to be wise in in the midst of you know other businesses leaving the downtown area well i think you you hit on probably our biggest fear was like COVID 2.0 that would totally be a kiss of death to us like i mean it would be impossible to probably recover financially 
between Ryan and I from that. So let's let's say that's not going to happen, right? It happens every hundred years. Hopefully, we'll <laughs> so let's let's not have that do again. So we're starting fresh. Uh, we'll, we'll come from that angle. the The idea of the downtown, yeah, there's there's a lot of cool businesses and everybody coming in, especially from the bourbon side. It just makes sense. I love seeing the life that's being built back in downtown. It's all being spearheaded by Whiskey Row. That's just becoming a destination for people to come to. And if you listen to Bourbon Pursuit, there's a lot of information that's coming out uh, in regards of what it's like to look at bourbon tourism by the numbers and how many people they plan on seeing over the next couple of years and where that's going to continue to grow. Just because of if you put a a compass, and I say a compass, if you remember those things back in school where you had like a needle and a pencil next to it, those compasses, you put it on Louisville. And you do like a 250 mile radius around, maybe not even that, maybe like 150 mile radius around. There's a lot of major cities that you can hit. So there's a lot of places that can that people can come uh, in regards of just hitting Louisville as, as a destination. Now, one of the biggest hurdles before you started kind of talking about different things is lawyers. I mean, we've had to pay a lot of lawyer bills already. Uh, shout out to our good friend, Brian Hara. <laughs> He's, you know, we're, we're helping pay some bills over there. You know, we love him to death, but lawyers are a, a definite necessity uh, in something like this. And the first was actually looking at the lease. Uh, the lease is a very scary thing uh, when you start looking at it to look at, because this was structured a little bit differently. Uh, most leases, I'm sure, kind of cut and dry. This has a lot of clauses into it just because it's starting from scratch. We have to sit there and plan everything out. There are certain fixtures and stuff that we are on the hook for that we got to pay for. There's another three quarters of a million dollar loan that's baked in there that Rod and I have another 15 year note on that we'll have to pay back over time. And we're looking at that thinking, well, I hope that's going to be enough to do at least a little bit of what we need to do. So there's a there's a lot of I mean Ryan, do you remember how many pages that damn lease was? Oh, and I, I read I over probably three times. I mean, I can get through it. I, after like five, I gave up. I said, "Kenny, this is yours." No, I'm kidding. Oh, but yeah, it was a lot. It was it's 30, 40 pages of something like, like Shakespearean law literature. That yeah. Anyways, it, it was difficult, but I mean that's why you have lawyers and they look through it and they try to make things you know not as advantageous for the the landowner versus hopefully you have some some leeway in yours. And we just had to make sure that it was a, a good fit for all of us. But I mean, the, just the lease process took what, four months? Oh, six. Six, six months. <laughs> yeah. Just to get a lease signed. So, I mean, that just goes to show you just like how, like how intricate things got into there. But as soon as the lease was signed, I was like, okay, well, when can we get to work? Well, uh, lease is signed, but of course nothing can get to work yet. Uh, and this is, this is no fault of anybody. This is probably just what it's like just doing businesses as usual because the building that we're in is a historic building. One of the, I guess you'd say, core things that our landlord was relying on was to make sure that we could get historical tax credits to uh, rehab and have the city pay uh, a bit of a stipend to make sure that we could use some of that money to to rehab the building. And they were really relying on that. Well, part of the back and forth uh, between them and the city is figuring out exactly, well, A, it takes more time, right? So let's add another six months onto this. Uh, it takes more time for 
all the back and forth because, it, and by the way, as before even this was coming out with initial layouts, like what do we want it to look like? What do we, what are we going to do? How's it going to look? Uh, so on and so forth. So when we get all these initial layouts, which we can talk about in a minute, then that has to go to the city and they either approve it or they say, well, no, you still need to keep this historical part in it because historical tax credits. I don't know. I was, we weren't, we weren't privy to the meetings, but that is something that our landlord, uh, they go back and forth with, they say, well, you know, we can't do that because that ruins the structural integrity of X. And they'll say, well, you have to keep this part instead. So I think they finally landed on something. We don't, I don't know all the details of it, but there is going to be some of the historical pieces that you'll see within our, uh, our floors, which will be kind of cool to be able to see. But again, those are just some of the the small hurdles to get over uh, in the meantime, other than, you know, not being able to sleep at night and all that sort of fun stuff. <laughs> Kenny summed it up pretty well. It's like with between attorneys and leases and historical and city approvals and this and that, it took us about a year. We looked at this property in July of 2022 and we couldn't make an announcement until when was the announcement? <laughs> like last week. Last week. So <laughs> August of <laughs> August 1st. So it took about a year just of looking at the property and figuring out all the details and whatnot. And so, and I'm sure there's going to be way more challenges and problems ahead of us, but you know, that's part of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, and, and back to either of the challenges, it's like, it's like, what does the layout look like? What do you want it to do? Because the way that the top three floors, they wanted the staircases aligned, didn't really work well with what we wanted to have. And so we had to figure out, well, we go back to Joseph and Joseph, the architects who are doing all this, and we're like, well, can we flip the staircases in two floors, but have them be a different way in one floor, basically parallel versus perpendicular? And they're like, well, I think we can do that. And they'll say, okay. And then they come back and they're like, well, we had to move the elevator two feet to the right. And so now there's this little pocket in between. And so we're just like, oh crap, now what do we do? So we got to go back and reconfigure the drawings for there. So it's Thanks. it's a lot of back and forth just to get whatever the architectural drawing is going to look like. And we're still not 100% of the way there, but I'd say we're probably 90% of the way there. Yeah. The people that went in this are lawyers, bankers, and architects. <laughs> so what I'm curious, and maybe this is a, a an interjection. It doesn't have to be a challenge. I feel like maybe another brand could see it as a challenge. I'd be curious, again, like you said in the very beginning, you know, you will have a unique opportunity. And this position, this it, it seems like a huge undertaking for a a brand such as yourself with all the facets that you all bring on both the Purban Pursuit side as well as the Pursuit Spirit side. Talk to me a little bit about what you're hoping people get to experience in your all's place that is going to vary from what they're getting at other places they might get on on the Bourbon Trail. Yeah, I also want to bring up one more challenge and then I'll let Ryan take it over to kind of talk about this. Uh, but the other challenge was that the original open date that we thought was going to be about March of 2024. And when we were looking at our projections, we said, oh shit, we're going to run out of whiskey. And so we went on a buying spree and bought some stuff to be able to sure we had some for inventory. Uh, but now, as you can tell, like it's been pushed out to September just because hammers are still waiting to be swung. And hopefully we can see that traction happen relatively soon. But Ryan, I'll let you continue with the question. Yeah, but with that, we spent a couple hundred thousand dollars that we <laughs> didn't, didn't necessarily need. have to, yeah. but because we thought we would need the whiskey to sell at the gift shop. But anyways, we'll be announcing where that whiskey will be going here soon. I think the unique opportunity here is like, you know, 
probably if you're listening to this podcast, you've been on a bourbon tour and they're all great. And, but they're very, you know, I, I, repeatable, repeatable. That's a great word. I didn't want to say generic, but very repeatable. They're very, uh, copy and paste. And, you know, what we have here, a lot of people don't understand, you know, people that I guess source whiskey or contract distill or whatnot get put in a certain box and you know, there's this preconceived notion of like, oh, they're just, you know, putting whiskey, got buying it and throwing it in a bottle. The unique opportunity here is that we don't have to like fluff you up with our romantic legacy distilling story about how our third generation great grandfather sourced whiskey back in the day and blended. And then we grew to this and now we have, here you go. What we have the unique opportunity is say like, here we are, this is how this market works. Here's what we do as a company. We're going to make it all about the whiskey and we're going to replicate what Kenny and I do on a day-to-day basis. Like we're going to allow people to go thieve out of barrels. We're going to allow them to sample things. We're going to allow them to understand blending barrel maturation, cocktails, different this and that. It's going to be very educated. It's going to be very whiskey focused. Whereas most tours are very, here's our story. Here's our factory. And then you get this little small tasting at the end and we'll send you on your way and maybe pair it with a chocolate. We're going to really like immerse good people. chocolates usually though. They are yeah. good chocolates, but we're going to immerse people. By the people. way, we're minimalist and poor, so don't expect free chocolates at Pursuit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they might be Hershey Kisses. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's... Actually, they're not going to be that. They're going to be the squares, but I'll be breaking the bars. Like you get one little bar square on your way out. So I think the unique opportunity here is to really just like make it all about the whiskey, get into the fun part right out of the bat. It's going to be this nice, fun, laid back environment. You know, it's to be determined. We still have a ton of things to work out, but I just think they're from that perspective, it's just like something different. That's not so like herding cattle through a, a tour. It's not, we're not going to announce and be like the three thirty tour B group is going to be a, <laughs> this, this and that, uh, you know, so Anyway, that that that's where I, what I'm excited about. And yeah. Kenny's more detailed and I'm more high level, but he'll he'll probably explain better what than I can. Just toss me softballs, man. I'll, I'll knock that's them out right. of the park for you. So the the way that I always try to paint the picture is is here's a way to imagine it. So you'll walk through a door. As I was mentioned before, there has to be some sort of historical stuff that we have to keep there. And so there's an existing elevator shaft. And the elevator shaft, you'll end up walking directly through it. There'll be a frosted glass floor underneath of it. The ceilings are, gosh, what are they? 20 feet tall? 18 feet tall? Uh, 16 feet. Are they? Okay. I know they're freaking tall. That's Yeah. So it's a, it's a very tall first floor. And when you'll go in, you'll end up going through the gift shop because as you do anywhere, you always end and exit through the gift shop. But this is, again, it's just bottles, there'll be some merch. I'm sure there'll be some books by all of our friends that are authors that you can get in there as well. Uh, Again, just to kind of look at our community that's been built around here, we want to make sure we support them uh, at the same exact time. So you have that kind of little area, but after that, you'll see another glass wall that spans all the way to the back. And the first room is what we want to do is bring the barrel pick experience to the consumer. This is probably what I'm most excited about because as a listener to the podcast, if you've done a barrel pick, you know how fun they can be. 
but you do know that you're one of the very few people that get to actually do that unless you're part of a whiskey group or you are a liquor store owner or you're best friends with a liquor store owner, whatever it is, there's not a lot of people that get the opportunity to actually go and select a barrel of whiskey. So we want to be able to bring that to uh, the consumer. So you'll walk into this room and I'm thinking we'll probably be able to do eight to 10 people max at a time. There'll be about a one hour window, 45 minutes to kind of go through this. And there'll be five different samples in front of you. And these five different samples are going to be representative of a Pursuit United. I, I keep wanting to say single barrel. It's not a single barrel. A Pursuit United experience. Private selection. Private selection. Thank you, Ryan. <laughs> Golly, I'm all over the place here. I'm sitting here actually I'm drinking uh, some Irish single malt right now. So, I mean, But a full blend of it, as we've already heard. Yeah, well, uh, this bolted barley, I guess, is getting to me. But this is something that's yet to be announced. It'll be coming here relatively soon, and we'll be able to go even further in depth in another one of these episodes, is be able to bring that Pursuit United private selection experience to you. Uh, it'll also not be just that, but also a yet and to, soon to be announced Pursuit United Double Oak private selection. So you'll have all these different varying flavors that are in front of you. The thing that I love about what we're building, and that's different than anything else, again, we love all of our friends that are doing single barrel selections that are out there. But when you go to somewhere and they're like, hey, here's three barrels, they rested next to each other in the same Rick house for seven years, and they're going to be a little bit different. So choose your favorite. Like ours are going to be I wouldn't say wildly different, but they're going to be noticeably different than going through a selection process like that. So you'll be able to go through and and just kind of, like, you'll hear the story about what we've done, but you'll be able to sip and taste and kind of just understand about our, our blending process and, and what it is that we're building and what is it we're trying to create and how this is different than uh, what you get anywhere else too. And so you'll choose, I'd say the barrel because it will be a barrel, but you'll choose the barrel that kind of speaks to you. And then from there... You're going to go grab a bottle and then you're going to be like one of us. You're going to grab a whiskey thief and you're going to thief it out of the barrel and you're going to put it in the bottle. I've, we, I've seen plenty of distilleries here and across the country that have a tube and you put a bottle in it and you pull a lever. That's fun and all, but that is definitely the way that I would think of somebody that, you know, get them in and get them out. Uh, I, I don't see like as a very like kind of raw and authentic experience. And so I want to give you the tools that allow you to go and do that. So it's a very hands-on type of experience. So you go, you'll fill your bottle up, put the top on it. Then you'll go to the label machine, roll your label on it. And then from there, let's grab a pen and you'll say, filled by you know your name, initials on this date, so on and so forth. And that is something that you get to take home with you as a part of that experience as well. So bringing that single barrel selection experience as a Pursuit United private selection right there in to that first room. And then the next room over is going to be about probably a 16, maybe 20 seat classroom, whatever it is. But that classroom, we've got a ton of different ideas we're, we're throwing around right now. But some of the ones that have worked really well over the past few years that we've all done in front of whiskey societies is doing like, say, a Pursuit United breakdown. So you get to hear a little about our story, and then you get to try all the components of cash strength, and then you try the blend at the, the very end. I feel that brings together our story uh, very well and you get a better sense of what we're trying to build. But there's all, I mean, I, I'd have to go look at the list of all the cool things that we're thinking about doing. One of the coolest ones that I'm kind of really excited about and hopefully make, make this happen is the, uh, do you want to taste bad whiskey? And that's because every year 
people, it amazes me when we've got all this leftover whiskey and I'm like, who wants to take home some bad whiskey? Because we get it, we get plenty of stuff sent to us via bourbon pursuit and so many people raise their hand as bad as it sounds like we might have one or two barrels of bad whiskey that are in our possession that we just have no idea what to do with however people said they want to try it so let's give them opportunity to try that we'll so make them pay try, for it <laughs> yeah you need to try bad whiskey to good whiskey like if you li- if you live and work in the industry you know that there's barrels out there you can't do anything with but nobody wants to sit there and, and pull the curtain like that and say, like, here, here's all our crap. Like, you want to try it? Like, I think that gives us a little bit more transparency, a little more fun. And people can go like, yeah, this is pretty terrible. Like, yeah, not all not all barrels turn out good. Like, you can try the good one versus the bad one. What what wrong, wrong with it? Hell if we know, but here's something fun with it. So that's the the the, the classroom experience, uh, we will definitely take any other kind of suggestions of things that you want to see. But the other cool thing about us is that since we are a community and everything we built around it, I love to be able to see uh, folks that have been on the podcast before and we can give them like an 80-20 revenue split where if they want to sell $100 tickets to have like, let's say Peggy No Stevens wants to do a food pairing seminar, you know, it's an hour and you have a special event that you can do it right there. Let's do it. Uh, we've got a ton of people in the community that know a ton about dusty whiskeys. Like, let's do a seminar on that. Like whatever it can be, I want to invite them in to be able to have a home as a classroom setting that they can use as well. Uh, And then the basement is going to be full on cocktail bar, tasting bar, everything like that. I'm sure Ryan and I would never have thought about being bar owners, but here we are moving forward with it. And that's just going to be, again, another area. We'll have all the pursuit series we've ever released down there. Uh, until we run out of them because we've only got a finite amount of bottles that are left down there. And then you can have flights of whatever it is. I think the the thing that we wanted to do about this is that we didn't want to have a strictly, uh, I guess you'd say like something that was very uh, thought processed put together that says, oh yeah, we want to create a classroom experience where you have to have a flight of all of our whiskeys. Like I can taste your whiskeys without getting a 45 minute spiel. So go down to the basement and you can order a very cheap flight without having to have a classroom experience. You can go experience them yourself. I think that's gonna be really cool. Plus cocktails, everything like that. And then as we had mentioned earlier is the full on podcast studio. And that's really a way that people can look and see our brand's roots, where we came from. There's no other Actually, there's no other place in the city of Louisville that has a bar and a podcast studio right next to each other. So that will be that will be a first. They might beat us before we get open. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, let's let's quickly as we button it up, land on the the other question of that. You know, as you're thinking about the place and all the things that you have to do prior to opening it, and and then once it's opened, you know, what are some of the future challenges you guys are already foreseeing with uh, with the space, with the building, with the operations, any of that? I'm going to lean on Ryan because I took the the ones, but other than money, what do you got, Ryan? <laughs> well, it's a very old building <laughs> with <laughs> with a lot of potential, but a lot of character like, as well. Character and a lot of uh, work to be done. And so as with any project, it all looks good on paper and it makes sense. But I'm sure as we get into it, there's going to be you know, change orders and this and that. But, you know, you got Mictors, which is great. You got Evan Williams, you got Buzzard Drews, Barstown Bourbon Company is going to be there. So it's like, how do we make our space more, not more attractive, but something unique where they want to go to ours as well. You know, they're, because they're going to go to those places. We got to figure out how can we make ours something that we can add value to 
a consumer that's strolling up and down Main Street that where they want to stop into ours. And then when they leave, they want to tell their friends about it and say they had a, a an awesome experience. And the challenge is too, you know, Kenny and I understand somewhat what we want to do in our designers and team. But too, you got the the challenge is you got to find people that believe in you and want to do perform the mission that you're trying to accomplish. And that's a whole nother challenge. We surprisingly, we've had just from the press announcements, we've had several people reach out to us that want to, you know, really excited about the project and want to help us and want to work here for us. So we're excited about that. But if there's people that are just as excited about this opportunity as we are, so if you're in the spirits industry and you're looking for a place that, you know, you can, you don't have this corporate structure, you have a playground where we can make something unique, please reach out to us. But that that's another challenge too. You know, I've learned relationships and people are just so important to any concept or any organization. You can have a great idea, but if you don't have good people behind it, then it's just going to fall flat. And you, you just got to create an experience where people enjoy themselves, but they're, they they want to go share it. They want to go tell people. So that we got to really work, be diligent about that and make make it that, that that our number one priority. I couldn't have said it better myself. That's just one of those things. It's like you got to go over the, the money hurdle and that will come in time. As Brian said, it's a very old building. It's going to take a lot of dollars and capital, blood, sweat and tears to get through it. And then it's making sure that we can hire the right staff. That's exactly what it comes down to. Another funny story. I remember when we were going through projections and everything like that, we have another person that's helping us out. And maybe I'm I'm jaded. I, I work in the tech world and I don't know about everybody else and started putting it out there. And um, our person that we we're working with says, so this is the salary you're going to pay for your, your GM and your staff people? I was like, yeah. Is it, what do you think? Is it not enough? They're like, I don't think you have a problem hiring people with that. <laughs> so I was like, all right, well, maybe we're doing something right. Uh, yeah. I just want to make sure that, you know, I, I want to pay people fairly. Uh, I want to, I think that's one of the things that even though Ryan has a lot more experience in this realm because he has a few different businesses, he has a lot of people working underneath of him. I already, I know what it costs to sit there and deal with turnover. And I want to make sure that we bring in the right staff and we don't have to worry about tons of turnover because if we create a great working environment, people are happy, uh, they see success, uh, they can see some career growth, they can see them expanding into just beyond doing whatever they're doing. I want to make sure that we create a, a good, healthy environment for for somebody like that as well. So I'm really excited to be able to do that. And honestly, as, as Ryan said before, you know, change some lives. I, that's kind of the coolest thing about it. I, I think we've been able to do that with a podcast on a few different occasions with just some people that um, I can, that I know, but, you know, being able to do this in a, in a different form of fashion, having a place that we can literally pay people and and change some lives and have them be along in this journey with us. I think it'll be a really fun experience. This will be a great opportunity for us to give people a opportunity to really like create a career, a life for them, their families, this and that. It, that that's what's exciting for me. And it's going to be a lot of work. And we're, I think we're up for the challenge, but I, th- I think this is where this is what the fun side of business is. It's not just making money. It's like seeing people that have a career path, given opportunities, seeing them get excited about what you're doing. They get excited about it. They're happy that that, that that's what it's all about. It's like really just improving the the quality of life for others. And that that's what we're really excited about this place. I think that gives us I think this gives us the opportunity to do that. So can you hear me out? 
<laughs> okay, here we go. Outer oh, space opens way too late. <laughs> I think you need a space for a silent disco as like a pre-warmer to outer space. A pre-game silent disco. Okay, Brian, well, you're so not you're too not far. far off from part of what I was thinking in regards of... I know that people, when they are coming to Louisville, they come in on Thursday or they come in on Friday, but they'll come in after work. And so their night has basically already been taken care of. But what happens? Um, pretty much every experience downtown, like everybody closes at five, five or six, because that's just close of business hours. Well, why do we not have something where we have a Thursday night or Friday night or even Saturday night kind of thing? Like there's definitely opportunities like we could do... Uh, you know, whiskey night times or something like, I don't know what it is, but shot lake whiskey okay. night times sounds like somebody is reading a bedtime story, but there's pours <laughs> of whiskey being shared. I, like I said, there's, there's definitely cool things we could do. I mean, it's not going to like the doors will be open, but it would be a, a res, you know, a reservation type of experience. And maybe it's somebody that we hire that, Hey, you want to do an extra experience and make a couple extra dollars on the side. And uh, like we could have a few people that could do that. I mean, there's just so many cool ideas that we could do. I want to make sure that we utilize the space in the, the best possible way and, and making sure that we create things that guests are truly going to enjoy. And I think that's going to make us a lot different too. Jim Lake will be pumped. He can bring out his DJ equipment. <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, we are going to have the basement too. So maybe we can put a, a DJ thing down there. For Jim and Danny. For both. Yes. So. Yeah. Guys, I'm super excited for the future. I'm super excited for this building and I'm Super excited to see where Pursuit Spirits continues to go. Thanks for diving into this. I know this is probably something that uh, it's it's easier to hear it on the podcast than it is to to not have those details in a, in a press release that gets sent out. So thanks for your time going over this topic tonight. Always happy to. Um, I think we're going to talk about this at least 10 more times before it does open. Yeah, it might be. In, well, it is going to be another year. Never mind. <laughs> so we'll have plenty of opportunities to talk about it. That's right. Well, guys, if you guys have any questions podcast at pursuitspirits.com if you're interested in interacting on this particular topic the the downtown building podcast at pursuitspirits.com if you have other topics you want to hear us talk about on future episodes podcast at pursuitspirits.com thanks again everybody for tuning in to another episode of behind the pursuit guys thanks for joining me on another episode and until next time we'll see you all later toodles cheers cheers